Blog Talk Radio. life for us. Y'all with me out there? Uh, this is a little story about a boy who came and gave the Lord the very best that he had. You know, we need to give God all that we have. Y'all with me? Uh, yeah. Anyway, one day he walked out. And there was a lot of excitement in the town and people were walking and running and they had gifts in their arms. And he wondered what was going on. Where were they going? What was all the excitement about? And one person came up and another person came up and they came to him. And this is what they said. They said, come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. It was a newborn king that was born. Oh, yeah. And they had the finest gifts in them. Myrrh, Frankie. And the reason they had this, they had to lay it down before this newborn king. Oh, hallelujah. Change the key right here. Yeah. Well, I got up in front of the king and I said this. I said, little baby. Oh. Little baby. You see, I'm a poor boy just like you are. You know, I don't have a lot of money. Everybody got such fine gifts, and I'm embarrassed because I don't have those kind of gifts. Couldn't afford to buy them. And you know, I just really didn't have anything that was worthy of you. Because you're the king. You're the king. drum for you. Can I offer you this sincere praise that I have, Lord? Oh. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. I feel this thing. Uh, think I want to change the key one more time. Hey. Uh, well, I got my little drum out and I got the feeling and I got the grooving with it. And you know what? I looked over at his mother and she was nodding. She, she was feeling the beat I was playing. Hey. Yeah. You know what? The Shekinah glory came in the house and I looked around and the animals was nodding. The animals was rocking with the beat. Yeah. 
God comes in the building, everybody's got to move. Hey. I played so. I played so I felt it myself, and then I I tried to play my best. Too long. 
Um, Michael Snyder will be in here at the top of the hour, um, at the 11 o'clock hour. Tonight we are going to uh, talk about a couple of stories in the news that kind of represent the, the Christmas season. Uh, we're going to talk about the young man that gave his life for three of his classmates, and he shielded them from gunfire, and unfortunately he lost his life um, through that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some other things in the, in the news, such as the Sandra Bland verdict. Um, and how they, they are not going to probably uh, uh, press any charges against the the, the officer that uh, arrested her. We're going to also talk about the young lady that uh, pretty much mowed down um, a whole sidewalk of people uh, and, uh, in Vegas. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things that are going on in the news, but we're going to start off this show. We're going to do a little Christmas mix or whatever, you know. Um, we're going to probably do – it's probably going to be like a 30-minute mix. We're going to mix a little old school in there. We're going to have an old school Christmas tonight. I don't know about y'all, but I miss the days of the old. I, I miss when Christmas actually meant something, you know. Now it's just so commercial, but we're going to we're gonna commemorate the Christmas holiday with some old school classes. We're going to, be, we're going to bring in a little Donny Hathaway. Um so, um, the emotion, some James Brown, you know, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're going to probably throw in a little Kurt Franklin Christmas. That's like one of my most, like, that's my, like my all-time favorite gospel, Christmas gospel albums. And it's still, even 20 years later, like that CD sounds like it was put out, like, recently, you know. So it, it's, it's one of those classics. It's like a timeless classic. So we're going to play something from that. We're just going to have a good show. Um, we're going to see who pops in. I know this is a last-minute show, but either way, we're going to get through these stories. We're going to get through this mix, and if you want to call in at any point, feel free to do so. You can call in at 646-915-8200. Once again, that's 646-915-8200. Also wanted to let you know about our YouTube channel. Feel free to subscribe and um, rate our videos. Um, our YouTube channel is www.youtube.com slash UCOFW. And if you would like to join our Facebook page and stay in the know of what's going on, you can check out our videos, you can check out our podcast, you know, get information on what we're going to be on air. Um, just some of the, just a lot of the events that we're going to have planned in this upcoming year. Feel free to check us out. Um, I don't know if some of you guys are um, listening from the actual link that I posted online, but you can find that information to our Facebook page. We have two Facebook pages. We have a group page, and we have an actual Facebook official page. So those links are on there. But nevertheless, if you want to just look up the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, both of those pages will pull up in the search results. So definitely feel free to add us, please like our page. We're coming closer to the hundredth uh, episode, so um, we probably got twenty more episodes. So we're gonna do something special. I don't know yet. We're gonna probably do the best of the Urban Wire, but um, this upcoming year we're gonna talk about a lot, a lot of uh, more topics. We're gonna have more authors on air. We're gonna have people that can help you financially. We're gonna have people that can help you uh, spiritually. We can help. 
that can help you health-wise. We're going to do a lot more of self-improvement shows in the upcoming year. So if you have not, get your cup of hot cocoa. We're going to get this thing started. We're going to get the Christmas spirit going. We're going to come back. We're going to see who comes on. I don't know who's going to come on tonight, but nevertheless, hey, if it's going to be a one-man show tonight, that's what we're going to do. So once again, that number is 646-915-8200, 646-915-8200, and we will be back after our old school Christmas mix right here on the Urban Wire.
Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Hitch up your reindeer Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Fill every stocking you find The kids are gonna love you so Leave a door for Johnny Leave a door for Mary Leave something pretty for Johnny And don't forget about Gary Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Tell him James Brown sent you Go straight to the ghetto You know that I know what you will see Cause that was once me Hit it Hit it You see mothers And so brothers Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus, oh Lord, go straight to the ghetto. Fill every sock and you find the kids are gonna love you so. Fill every sock and you find you know that they need you so. I'm begging you, Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. If anyone wanna know. Tell him Hank Ballard so, so Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Never thought I'd realize I'd be singing a song With water in my eyes Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Don't leave nothing for me I've had my chance, you see Santa Claus, Santa Claus, the brother needs so Santa
Just want to get everybody in the Christmas spirit. That was Miss Jasmine Sullivan. What's going on? Just wanted to throw a little bit of this and that in there. You know, had a little Kirk Franklin, had a little James Brown, had a little Temptations. You know, those are songs that I grew up with and I know many of you grew up with. And it it just really made the holiday special just hearing those songs. You know, you don't hear a lot of that stuff anymore. You don't have a lot of those Christmas memories. The, the true meaning of Christmas has been obscured and it's been, you know, uh, pretty much um, desecrated. You know, we don't we don't really uh, really truly get the true meaning of the holidays anymore. And I really think that that's very sad and unfortunate that we live in a time where um, everyone's just everyone has a it's all about me mindset. Everyone, um, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people are like that. You know. Uh, you know, it's really sad that uh, we live in a, in a in a time where you know uh, everybody's out for themselves. You know, uh, we have we live in a time where a lot of people it, it's the haves and the have-nots, and the people that have don't care about the people that have not. So it's good to just just keep the spirit of Christmas alive. You know, uh, you know, if there's someone out there that you know that doesn't have family, that doesn't have loved ones. Maybe their loved ones have passed on and they don't have anybody there to comfort them during these holiday seasons. Won't you step up and be the person, hey, you know, come over and spend Christmas with our family or, you know, you know someone that's homeless or someone that's just struggling. You know, get you know, get them a uh, nice hot meal. Invite them over. You know, make them feel loved. Let, make them feel special. You know, like like the song said earlier, Jesus is the reason for the season, and we have to keep that in mind. We have to remember that if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have this holiday season. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the blessings that we have. So let's just keep that in mind this Christmas. Um, one of the stories I want to start off with, and like I said, Michael Snyder will be here in the next 15 minutes, and um, he'll be uh, presenting a couple stories and things that he had, but one of the stories I wanted to start off with was the young lady that just senseless, I can't even speak tonight, y'all, senselessly just ran over all those people, like, that just goes to show you, we are just living in some crazy times, I mean, when I say crazy times, we are living in some crazy times where people just are just on the edge and and people are just on the edge mentally. We don't know what's going on in people's minds. That's why we have to really uh, be careful when we go out here and be aware of our surroundings because we don't know who's out here and what's going on in their mind. And I'm trying to get this story pulled up from Yahoo News. My computer always wants to act the effing fool when I'm trying to do something. And these stupid ads are not helping either. I'm really about tired of going to a page. You know how it is when you go to a page, you're trying to look up something on the internet and then you have like this big old ad or thing that's just blocking the screen. I said, I'm not here for you right now. I'm not here for you. I'm not thinking about you. 
get out my way, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm just asking you guys to bear with me for a few more seconds as I'm about really getting pissed off with this. All right. Here we go. Um, this story comes from Yahoo News, and it is pertaining to the young lady that uh, her name is Lakeisha Holloway. She's 24, and uh, she was the one that was arrested for uh, running those people over. This idle, this this article is entitled "Driver Who Plowed Into Las Vegas." Uh, crowd is now charged with murder, and this this article was written by Alexia Shamur. Um, this is out of Las Vegas. Uh, an Oregon woman is accused of plowing her car into a crowd on the Las Vegas Strip, killing one person and injuring dozens of others. She was charged with murder on Tuesday as investigators sought out a reason. For her actions. Lakeisha Holloway, 24 years old, who was arrested after the incident on Sunday, has been charged with murder with a deadly weapon and a death of a 32-year-old Arizona woman. Quote, I am confident as then, okay, this is, this is a horrendous, okay, I'm sorry, let me go back. This is, quote, this is a horrendous and inexcusable act that has needlessly and tragically impacted countless lives, Clark County District Attorney Steve Wolferson said in a statement, quote, I am confident that as the investigation unfolds, we will be finding many more charges against Ms. Holloway, unquote, he said. Police said that Holloway had been living in her car with her three-year-old daughter. She has also been charged with child abuse or neglect for having the child in the car during the incident and with leaving the scene of the collision, according to the criminal complaint filed in Clark County Court. Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Sheriff Joe Lombardo said on Monday, the incident did not appear to be a militant attack. U.S. law enforcement agencies have been on the heightened alert since the married couple inspired by Islamic militants killed 14 people in San Bernardino, California, which I do have a friend that lives out there. I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can get him on the store, on, on the show to talk about, you know, if he knows anything about that. But anyway, let me get back to the story. Police said Holloway repeatedly dove onto the sidewalk, ramming pedestrians in street posts as bystanders pounded on her windows and tried to pull her car door opens to stop her. The incident occurred near Planet Hollywood, where Miss Universe beauty pageant was being held. Holloway was being held without bail, was held without bail, scheduled to appear in court on Wednesday. Officials say that Holloway had been living in the car in Las Vegas for about a week and that she was driving with a suspended Oregon license. After hitting pedestrians, she drove about a mile on a flat tire, parked, and asked a hotel employee to call the police, then surrendered. According to the police report, Holloway told detectives that earlier on Sunday, 
she had been trying to sleep in her car but became stressed when she kept getting run off by security guards. Holloway's cousin, Lachey Hardaway, told Las Vegas television station KSNB, quote, our family is definitely praying for those victims, unquote. Holloway may have stopped in Las Vegas en route to Texas, where her daughter's father lives, Sheriff Lombardo said. The couple may have a falling out, but it was unclear what might have, quote, caused her to snap, unquote, he said. The, the scanner, a complete a community website in the Pacific Northwest, reported that in 2012, Holloway received an award from the Portland Career Mentoring Nonprofit Organization, being a role model for high school students. The Portland Opportunities Industrialization Center issued a statement confirming that Holloway had taken part in the program for the center. A U.S. Forest Service spokesman said that she had worked part-time for the agency from 20. 09 to 2012 while attending community college. Holloway and her mother were homeless during the freshman year in high school, according to the scanner report. So that's the end of that article. So it goes to show you this this young lady has had a tragic, tragic life. And that gives no excuse for what she did. But it goes to show you things will make people snap. And we just have to really be mindful, especially the people that are in our lives, you know, people that are going through things. We have to make sure that uh, we are looking out for them. We're making sure that if you see signs of, I won't say mental illness, but obviously this had to be um, something dealing with mental illness, you know, which has taken a toll on this lady pretty much throughout time. I think we need to kind of reach out. Uh, make sure they can, you know, help in finding resources for these people because we don't want a situation like this occurring where other people can be impacted. So we have to learn how to notice the warning signs. If you feel that something's not right with somebody or you see a situation that's not right, make sure you report it before it gets out of hand because we, we're we starting to see more and more stories like that. Now we're living in a time where uh, we're living in a post-9-11 Society where we have to uh, kind of keep in mind that you know uh, there are a lot of things that can jump off, and you don't want someone that we care about that is going through something to snap, and then you know these policemen don't have zero tolerance, and they will shoot you dead. So we have to just be careful. We have to look out for those around us. We have to uh, make sure that people get the help that they need. We got we have to have these services that can help the men, you know, people that are going through mental illness or, or issues that can lead to tragic incidents, you know, such as this. I just want to make another comment. We're gonna talk about this story later about the young man that gave his life. You know, that that goes along with the Christmas holiday and how people should be more giving of themselves and being more self selfless instead of selfish. 
you know, so we're going to talk about that story later on with the young man. I really commend him because, you know, so many times we talk about the youth today. We talk about how a lot of them are selfish. We talk about how they only think about themselves. They're this, they're that, they're thugs. But we have this young man that pretty much shielded three young ladies from getting shot. And I I really want to thank him, you know, just just thank him from the bottom of his heart for being a model uh, student just and just being a, a model young man because I think a lot of people can take away a lot from this young man. Um, that that is signs of character, and I would be very proud of him if I was his mother because or his father because you know. Uh, I don't know too many young people, or I ain't even saying young. People. I'm just talking about older people, anybody that's that's gonna give their life for anybody, you know. So we're gonna get to that story a little later. Also, um, probably gonna go to another song real quick. Um, we're gonna talk about a couple stories dealing with um, the LGBT community and LGBT rights. We're gonna wait till Michael get in, gets in here to talk about that. Um, we're going to probably jump to a couple more songs because I really want to get his opinion on that. I know he has some things that he wants to present tonight. Um, I know this was a last minute show, but I want to at least do a Christmas show this week before we go into the new year. Um, like I said, we're going to have some more, we're going to have a lot of new things for you next year. We're going to, we're going to kind of pick it up. We're going to take it up a notch this year. And we're going to probably have some authors on this show, whatever you guys want, really. And especially on our YouTube channel, we're going to do some exclusive interviews. Um, I have some things that I'm working on that's in the works now. Um, and I think you guys are going to really like what we do this year. We're going to do a lot more. Um, we're going to go out and cover a lot more events. Uh, just get you out there. We're going to get you out there in the community. Uh, we're going to talk to different organizations, different uh, organizations that can help you out and help your family and community out. So we're going to go to something real quick. I'm going to see. Let me let me, let me see what I got. For you. you know, I'm going to see what we got. You know, we got a little shooby do for y'all today. You know, I didn't gave y'all the. You know, the. Uh, you know, I didn't gave y'all the little Christmas mix. You know, y'all wasn't ready for that. But yeah, I think we're going to go to a little jazz and stuff in a little bit. You know, I'm feeling that. Maybe a little Jill Scott. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to throw a little some, some soul here. We're going we gonna to bring it back to new school a little bit. So, uh, you know, I love jazz and soul. And, you know, I just played one of her songs. So we're going to go to another one. But first, we'll do some Jill Scott. But then we'll, we'll do Miss Jazz. So we will be back shortly after these couple of songs. Thank you. 
All right, we are back from our break. Um, I believe we have Michael Snyder online right now. Um, we're going to go to the line. Um, Michael, is this you? Yep, sure is. Right, how are you this evening? Uh, tired. All right. You you ready for the holiday season, or are you just ready for it to be over with? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready for it to be here and ready for it to be done. I know that's right. I, I'm just, you know what? I, I I got a confession I need to make, and y'all gonna probably I think, think I'm crazy. I know what this is. Well, what? Well, I, I I gotta tell everybody I have not done any Christmas shopping yet, so I. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna be spending my. D- <laughs> What's that mm for? <laughs> I just I feel your pain. I'm like, oh, oh God, that's gonna suck. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put it like this. This is gonna be a lot of people don't. This I'm gonna go right on down that list. You are gonna get a a, a crisp, not a crisp card, but you are gonna get a gift card. So I don't wanna hear no mess. And <laughs> you you just gonna get what you wanna get because I I'm not dealing with this foolishness this year. I'm not gonna do it. I kind of think that's the better way to do it, anyway. Yeah, not yeah, because you know people are so picky, and you know, mm. and I just think, yeah, I no, I don't want to be bothered with that. So I think that's just gonna be the route. And you, and you know, some of these places like Walmart or somebody, you can go, they got gift cards from everywhere. So you just go right on in there. I'll say I'll take mm. one of those, one of those, one of those, uh, four or five of these. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's how that's how I'm just gonna do it because I'm not about to deal with this this year. It's yeah, man, it's mm-hmm. just so hectic and crazy this time of year. You just don't even want to go out and deal with these crowds, you know. And people are just crazy around the holidays. You know, so much going on. You don't even want to go out here, like you know. It's Pretty just, much. Oh, yeah, it makes you just want to just do all your shopping online or like you said, go go the gift card route. Because, yeah, you just, yeah, it's a lot of crazy people out here. Yeah, I just got done talking about this story about the woman that flipped out and ran over all those people. She had a suspended life. Oh, yeah. Life. Yeah, I said, man, I said, man, people are really on the verge of, like, teetering on the verge of craziness and sanity. Like, you, you don't know when people, you know, I don't know what's going on, but it's been so much stuff going on. Especially, and we living in a post nine eleven society where you know these people aren't playing. So you have to really make sure if you know someone that's suffering with, and, and I mean, no, I'll joke aside. If you know someone that's suffering with mental illness, or you think that someone's on the verge of doing something to harm themselves or other people, you really need to uh, step in sometime and you know be that person to look out for that individual because you don't want them to do something that will eventually harm other people first and foremost and then harm themselves, right. you know, because these, you know, uh, people are not playing around these days. You know, if they'll kill you at the drop of the hat. They think that you're some threat, you know, so you definitely need to just be aware of your surroundings at all times and um, everything of that nature. Well, Michael, I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to talk about, but I had some stories, um, a couple stories dealing with um, issues pertaining to the LGBT community. Um, And then I had a couple, couple I had a story about 
Well, I had an interview I wanted to play about Muslims because I think right now we live in live in um, a time where everybody is is like there's a, there's a lot of Islamophobia. I guess that's what you would call it. And I have okay. an interview. I have heard that term. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about that, and we're just gonna kind of educate people and just let people know that Islam is a religion of peace. And I think a lot of people think um, contrary to that. So we're gonna um, listen to an interview that kind of explains. Um, there's a there was a couple people, and I forget the network that was on, but yeah, they were just talking about how um, there were different students and different people. You know, they were all. Muslim Americans that were born here, but I guess a lot of people, um, a lot of people have discriminated against them and have like uh, said and done some pretty hateful things to them. So um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And also, I want to talk about the 15-year-old boys because we're dealing with the holiday season. We're ta- we're talking about how people should be more selfless instead of selfish and there was a young boy 15 year old boy that um pretty much um shielded three of his classmates from getting shot like three um young ladies that were in the line of fire and he gave his life to protect them so we're going to talk about that here in a little bit i think that that's just a wonderful story it's tragic but it's wonderful it goes goes to show you that not all young people today are selfish and a lot of, you know, we hear so much negativity about the youth, but we never hear about the positive things that they do. So we're going to get on that in a little bit. Um, Also, I want to read this article real quick. I know we got a lot to talk about, but we're going to get through it. Um, The the Freddie Gray case, the the guy that was um, gunned down by a police officer in Baltimore, they're going to be um, having a retrial for the police officer um, that was uh, involved in that case. And this article comes from Yahoo News, and it's written by Donna Owens, and um, it's entitled New Trial for Baltimore Officer and Freddie Gray Death Set for June. Uh, This comes out of Baltimore, and um, it reads as such. A Baltimore police officer will face retrial on a manslaughter charge over the death of black detainee Freddie Gray starting on June 13th. A Maryland judge ruled on Monday after the officer's first trial ended in a deadlocked jury. Judge Barry Williams set the trial date after meeting with prosecutors and defense lawyers uh, in the Maryland State Courts, hold of the Maryland State Courts office said in a statement, Gray's death in April caused protests and rising in the majority black city of 620,000 people and intensified a U.S. debate on police treatment of minorities. The date for the retrial of Officer William Porter who is 26 years old in Baltimore City Circuit Court could snarl um, prosecutors' strategy to use him as a key witness against the officers in the high-profile trial, legal analysts said. 
uh, Porter, who is black, was the was the first of six officers to be tried in connection with Gray's death from a broken neck sustained while in police custody. Gray was arrested after fleeing from police. He was put in a transport van, shackled and handcuffed, but was not secured by the seatbelt in violation of the department policy. He died a week later. A jury was unable to reach a decision last week, and Williams declared a mistrial. Porter faces charges of involuntary manslaughter, second-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and misconduct in office. The trial of van driver, of the van driver, Officer Cesar um, Goodson, who faces the most serious charge of second-degree, hold on, second-degree depraved heart murder, is set to begin on January 6th. Prosecutors hope, had hoped to convict Porter and use him as a witness against Goodson and Sergeant Alicia White. Porter testified that he had passed Gray's request for medical help to them, but none was summoned. David Jaros, a University of Baltimore associate law professor, said that Porter was potentially uh, major witness was a potentially major witness against Goodson and without him prosecutors know that the case against Officer Goodson is significantly um, weakened. Jim Cohen, a law professor at New at the New York Foundation for I'm sorry, New York Forums University said prosecutors were facing a major difficulty since Porter could want immunity from prosecution to testify. But the prosecutors had labeled Porter a liar, giving the defense a perfect tool to use against him as a witness, Cohen said. I think they've got a big problem. Quote, he said, I think they have a big problem, whether it's a retrial, whether it the retrial is set for June of 2016 or June of 2018, he said. So I just want to give an update on that. Uh, I think we talked. Well, I don't think we talked about this on the show. I think that all this happened when we were on hiatus. But um, this is one of many cases dealing with police brutality, and not just against the black community. A lot of people are um, starting to question some of the um, tactics and a lot of the um, uh, the ethics of um, the police force. So this. For several months, had this was one of the cases that kind of uh, springboarded a lot of the, the 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 protests that took place around the around the country and started shedding light on a lot of these um, stories that have been brought to light. And um, I really think it's it's a discussion that we really need to have. Um, I, I I do think that there there's always room for improvement. And like they say, a few bad apples will always spoil the bunch. So um, we will continue to follow this story. Um, like I said, they're going to have a retrial. Um, the jury was deadlocked. So I'm really curious to see um, how this is going to turn out this time. I think a lot of people in this particular case uh, dropped the ball. And I think that things weren't handled professionally. And I think, you know, when it, 
stuff like this happens, this is this is the the outcome. So we will continue to follow um this story. Michael, did you have anything that you wanted to share tonight or uh thing I didn't know I didn't get um, get a chance no, to I'm, ask you. No, I've been rushing and hadn't really got to throw much together. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Um let's see what else we have. Uh let's jump to our two stories dealing with the LGBT community. And then we're gonna get to the Muslim story and then um the fifteen year old boy and I think that's all we're gonna have tonight. Um hmm. all right. This next story, I I just read this story. I didn't get a chance to really read it in depth, but I kind of glazed over it, and I thought it was pretty interesting to present tonight. Um, It is uh, a story that's coming out of New York, and it pretty much is dealing with rights of transgenders, the transgender community, and I guess um, now that you know, we live in a time where, you know, people are looking into a lot of gay rights. You know, gay marriage has been passed. Now, I guess a lot of people are more looking into the specific, like, more detailed rights in the LGBT community. Um, I think now people are really starting to take some of these issues seriously. Um, in New York, this this, this article is entitled, titled, Um, New York City lays out transgender protection on dress codes and bathroom use. Once again, this is coming from Yahoo News, and this was written by um, Ellen Wolfhurst. Um, And it reads as such. New York City has warned landlords, employers, and businesses that they could be running afoul of the law by purposely calling a transgender woman a him or mister when she prefers a female title and pronoun or barring her from using a woman's restroom. New guidelines detail the legal protections of transgender and gender non-conforming New Yorkers and what constitutes discrimination under the city human rights law. The New York City Commission on um, Human Rights said on Monday, some 25,000 transgender and gender non-conforming people in New York City uh, where discrimination based on gender identity and expression has been illegal since 2002. Uh, today's new guidelines strengthens those laws by ensuring that every transgender and gender non-conforming person in New York City receives the respect they deserve stated Mayor Bill de Blasio said in a statement. Hold up. Mayor Bill de Blasio said in a statement. The guidelines said dress code requiring men to wear ties or women to wear skirts are discriminatory. Failing to provide employee health benefits for gender affirming care or failing to accommodate people undergoing gender transitions such as medical appointments could violate the law as well. It is a huge quote, it's a huge step toward the forward and really catapults New York City to the forefront 
of the struggle for transgender rights, unquote, said Michael Silverman, an executive director of the Transgender Legal Defense and Educational Fund, a non-profit law office based in New York. This is an extremely positive development for transgender uh, New Yorkers who face enormous rates of discrimination, unemployment, difficulty, and and difficulties accessing things like health care that people take for granted. Uh, Here's an interesting fact. Three-quarters of transgender New Yorkers have reported harassment and mistreatment in the workplace, and more than half said that they have been verbally harassed or disrespected in public, according to the survey cited by the Commission on Human Rights. One in five said that they had been refused a home because of their gender identity, the 2011 survey said. New New York City provides strong protection stronger protections than most local laws in the United States and goes beyond federal law as well, says Silverman and other advocates. And that's pretty much the gist of that story. What do you think, Michael, about this story? Like, I know you're not transgender, but um, what do you, I mean, how do you personally feel about this this story? Do you think that uh, a lot of these states should follow suit, and how far is too far? Like, where where should we draw the line, or do you think that that uh, we should push the envelope on this issue? Well, I I totally agree that there's you know I have no problem at all personally with the civil rights protection of them having, you know, transgender people having those rights to protect them. And, you know, fair and equal housing should be just that, fair and equal. So, you know, I'm perfectly for that. I guess the only curiosity that I have is what is the punishment for an individual or an entity of organization for doing this? Now, I think, you know, I'm I'm in favor of the protection, but at the same time, I don't think somebody needs to be put in jail for using the wrong pronoun. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Um, I think that that really, I'm thinking that that's kind of drawing the line there. I, I really right. feel that uh, is it lacking taste? Maybe, but I really think that uh, that's. And I agree with you. That's that's one of the main things that I have a problem with. Like, you know, if that's the case, you might as well jail anybody that says anything offensive to anyone anytime. Right. And I would say there would be a really good court case there for a freedom of speech case. Yeah. So I, I really feel that. I th- And I think sometimes I, I feel that when it comes to situations like that, I, I believe in people becoming too politically correct. Right. You know, and I, I feel that we live in a society now that we became too sensitive. Like we become, you know, uh, and I don't know. I just, I think that we, we're gradually losing our right of free speech. And I'm not saying that I agree with 
a lot of things that people say because a lot of things people say, in my opinion, shouldn't even be heard. But we right. are granted that right. I guess my theory is, you know, there's a difference between, I think, politically correct and polite. Yeah. You know, it's like people that's on the kick about happy holidays and Merry Christmas. You know, I believe that there are situations, you know, around very religiously diverse environments where happy holidays is totally appropriate. But on the same if you're one that says Merry Christmas, I don't think you should be punitively punished for that or any kind of punishment in any way. I mean, it's not like it's trying to do harm to someone, but I think politeness is one thing, but politically correct for the sake of politically correctness, I think is a little bit silly, I think. Yeah. And and because, I mean, like, by you restricting me by saying or, like, just implying the word Christmas, I think, you know, I think that, you know, you're discriminating. I mean, it's discrimination all around. Like, you know, I, I really feel I know you want to be all inclusive, but by you restricting me by saying Merry Christmas or expressing my religious beliefs as a Christian, I feel that, you know, you're doing the same thing. Like I and I think a lot of atheists, they, you know, uh or people that are now religious, they get into that same thing. They want people to respect their right to believe or not to believe in religion. But still, at the same time, in essence, you you're doing the same thing that you don't want people doing to you. And I, I feel that we, I think, you know, it's, it's important to be all inclusive. But I think on both sides, I think that we need to be respectful. Like, you know, uh, just like I respect your right not to believe or to believe in what you want to believe. Don't try to discriminate against me or uh, you, you see what I'm saying. So, right, I and, mean, you know, and I think, you know, speaking in terms of, you know, the story, the law in New York, you know, mm-hmm. I agree that, you know, there should be an equal protection for transgender people, absolutely, all day long. But if somebody slips up and uses the wrong pronoun, then I don't know that there's really, yeah. You know, I guess if it's done with a fancy little term, malice of forethought, then there's another situation there. You know, if you're doing it just purely out of malice, by all means, you know, yeah. violation. But, you know, somebody that's not familiar with it or with a situation says the wrong pronoun, I don't think that person ought to be that, I'll tell you, Michael, $10,000 or jail. I mean, cause, I mean, even for people that are within the LGBT community. That is a very complex uh, community. Like, I mean, even, you know, being a gay male, like, it's just like, I even am still learning about the transgender community. You know, because they're, you know, within the transgender community, you have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, subgroups within that community and some people they prefer to be called this. They may be preferred to call that. Some people may be pre-op. Some people may be post-op. So a lot of people don't aren't really educated. It's one of those groups that um, a lot of people don't know much about, you know. And I think sometimes you know people like you said they may slip up or they may 
uh, refer to them in a certain way, and it's purely out of ignorance. You know, it's nothing that they are doing intentionally. So I don't think that, you know, people should be punished for that. You know, uh, like I always say, when you know better, you can do better. But if you don't know, um, you know, you may not have that intention to offend somebody, but, you know, it can happen. So that's 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 a lot of uh, angles we can look at this story in, you know. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to bring that story up. And also there's another story. We're going to switch gears real quick. The second story I wanted to talk about was uh, um, an article entitled More Colleges Seek Exemption from LGBT Anti-Bias Rules, uh, Rights Group Said. And this story, once again, is coming from Yahoo News by Fiona Ortiz. And this story is out of Chicago. A growing number of U.S. universities are seeking religious exemption from civil rights laws barring discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, other, in other terms, LGBT students, according to the report by the LGBT ad- advocacy group Human Rights Campaign. Um, the group called on the Department of Education to make their exemption process more public so that students can know that they might suffer from discrimination at schools they choose to attend. Uh, Colleges controlled by religious groups are allowed to ask for exemption from the title um, IX of the, um, I think Title IX, yeah, I'm, I'm bad with ramen noodles. Not noodles. Oh my good numerals. Not Roman noodles. Roman numerals. I can't talk tonight. Of the education amendments of nineteen seventy two, which banned sex discrimination for programs that get federal funds, but more recently has been used to protect gay and transgender students from discrimination. Human Rights Campaign said that 43 schools sought the exemption in 2015, up from a single school in 2013. Of 56 requests for exemptions in total, 33 schools are now allowed to discriminate on the basis of gender identity and 23 schools on the basis of sexual orientation, the group said. It said that the exemptions allow colleges to discriminate in areas such as admissions, sports programs, housing, and financial aid. The Department of Education did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Saturday. The Office for Civil Rights of the Department of Education has granted the exemptions to schools that operate under statements of faith and religious tenets stating that marriage is between one man and one woman and that gender is assigned by God, according to official letters copied in the group's report, which was published on Friday. According to the report, schools such as George Fox University, California Baptist University, Grace University, and Pepperdine University have used waivers to refuse to house transgenders of students in dorms of their gender identity to expel gay students 
to demand lesbian students return aid money and refuse to acknowledge transgender identity. The group called for more public process, saying that the department should publish a yearly report on colleges that seek exemptions to oblige schools to inform students about the waivers. Quote, if this trend continues, many LGBT students may find themselves enrolled at schools that are granted that legal granted the legal right to discriminate against them partway through their degree program, the group said. All right, that's the end of that story. And I, what I really have to say about this is that's why it's really important for you to um, do your research when it comes to uh, when, when you when you're and this is what I'll tell anybody that's looking to attend the college, especially like a lot of young people. You have to really uh, do your research on these schools when you're looking to apply to certain universities. You know, um, you got to know who you are as a person, and you have to make sure what uh, whatever university you choose to uh, to attend accommodates your lifestyle or your beliefs because especially a lot of these religious colleges and this is my thing and and, and this is just my opinion why would you want to go to a university you know that it's a re- religious university and I'm not saying all of them are like this but why would you want to attend a university that frowns upon who you are as the, you know, just the essence of your being. Why would you want to attend a university that frowns on your lifestyle and what you believe in? You know, I don't know if these people are just attending these um, these universities or, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, they're just applying to these universities out of ignorance without knowing or, I mean, are you trying to make a statement by going to that university? But I wouldn't even want to go to a university that does not support who I am and my lifestyle. I, I just don't understand that. Why would you want to go there anyways? You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. it horrible that they do this? Yes, it is. But I think that at the end of the day, you know, you can't force your lifestyle up on people, and I can kind of see why people shouldn't be discriminated against. Um, period. But I think that we, as people, we have to uh, make our choices based on you know where you're going to be, where you're going to fit in. You know, you can't make people accept you. I mean, so I yeah. don't know. How do you feel about that? I just feel a little bit. Uh... Concerned that colleges are actually doing this? Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's just a little bit, uh, just a bit disturbing. That because back when I went to college, I went to a public university, and this was in the late '90s. They were all about, you know, if you, they were trying to put in anti, you know, I guess a disc. Protections. They were pushing for protections against, or I'm sorry, in favor of LGBT community. Now I'm seeing. Now that was the late '90s, which that's in the era that I was coming out of the closet, and that was a much different time than it is now. 
And now we're looking at the time that we're in now, which is supposed to be better and friendlier, and we're seeing a thing where they're going backwards. Yeah, it's it's disturbing. But and that's, that's why I little you have to know you have to know what you're walking into. Because, you know, I mean, you know, it's like you said, it, it's crazy that we're going backwards, but you don't want to find yourself in a situation to where you're facing these issues. So what I'm saying is until we can get this thing sorted out, you have to do your research about these universities and see where they stand on certain issues. Because me personally, right. I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not accepted, where I'm not wanted. I don't want people to feel like they have to quote unquote accommodate me or feel like they have to tolerate me. I don't want to deal with that. Um, right. If you don't want me on your campus or you don't feel that, you know, I, I'm not going to try to force my way in on that. I, I just, I don't want to be a part of something or be a part of an entity that, that views me that way. And I don't want to be a part of, of anything that's that closed minded anyway, you know, but, right. I, but I agree with you. It's just kind of crazy that, you know, you would think, Especially in the new millennium, like we're going, this is going on 2016. That you think we would have progressed further, but I mean, you look at the political scene. You just look at the state of this nation right now. We are going backwards. Yeah, it just seems like, um, especially when you got political candidates uh, in office right now, or people that are trying to get into office that are pushing for discriminatory um, practices such as um, discriminating against people's religion and, and, you know, race and all that stuff and and, and all the racial tension going on in this country currently, we are going backwards. So to me, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that you would have a story like this that's coming out where uh, people are trying to discriminate against people that, uh, that are different, you know, um, I really think, honestly, we need to push for legislation where sexual orientation and gender identity is uh, written in, because, you know, like, there's certain things you can't discriminate against, so I, and I think that gender identity and uh, sexual orientation should be put in that clause. I agree. Um, and it, it, I think it will cut down on a lot of this foolishness that's going on. You know, it was just being black and white, and you just at that point you can't you can't debate. You know, one of the things that gets me is I don't understand, and I understand, I understand the climate that we live in politically. I get it, but the way that the world has supposedly improved, you would still think you're asking for a miracle of Christ or any other invisible deity of your choice, uh, would think that you're asking for a holy action to get somebody to put sexual orientation or gender identity protections in place. It's like, why is that such a difficult thing to do? Why? I don't understand why in the world that we live in that's got to be such a taboo subject. Why Why is it so hard to say, hey... Don't screw with these people. Treat them like everybody else. You know, why do we even have to have a law, of course, to say that in the begin with? But, you know, oh, well, see the history of time. 
but I just don't understand why it's such a small order. Right. But that just goes to show you that, you know, that we claim to be one of the most advanced countries in the world. But socially, you know, as far as technology and everything else, but socially we are so far behind um, oh, yeah. other nations. Like we, you know, in other nations, this would not even be, this this issue wouldn't even be an issue. It, it's, it's not even, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we're supposed to be a developed country and we're, you know, uh, supposed to be so advanced and we're supposed to be, so, you know, um, I don't know, so far ahead and superior above every other nation, but still we have these primitive uh, ideologies on 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 a lot of social issues. You know, uh, it, it 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 just it just baffles me. It really baffles me. Right. And so, you know, I'm I don't know. There's a lot of European countries and a lot of other. Or let's say, I don't know what the exact appropriate term is. But I don't want to say. Basically, a develop a healthy developed country on par with us. There's a lot of them out there in Europe that are doing better than we are, and they're a heck of a lot friendlier place. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. And like I said, that that kind of leads into our next story that I want to do. I want to play this clip. I know it's almost twelve o'clock. Um, I think we we're gonna do this story, and then I got one more story that I want to do. And then we're gonna get off of here. Uh, about there was a group of um, uh, Muslim Americans that were pretty much sharing their experiences. Uh, being raised in America and uh, how a lot of the the news that we're hearing in the in the media about ISIS, how a lot of them are being linked or being judged based on the actions of ISIS and being unfairly judged by people, and it was just really touching just hearing this. And if you want to hear, the, I'm just gonna play a couple minutes of this interview, but I think they have the. Uh, let me look at this interview online. Let me look at the link. Uh, see if it pulls up. Yeah, it was an interview done on CBS. So um, it's called Millennial Muslims on Life in America. Once again, it's Millennial Muslims on Life in America. I, I urge everyone to go look at this clip. It's like an eight or nine minute clip, but I'm going to play like probably about three. It's like a, uh, a condensed clip that I'm playing. And I, I, I urge everyone to go check this clip out because I think you will become educated on a lot of issues that uh, that that everyday issues that Muslim Americans deal with and how a lot of them are judged and a lot of them are wrongly judged, I would say. Um, I, I think you will become very educated uh, uh, looking at that clip. And I'm going to play um, this clip, and then we're going to come back and discuss it, and then we're going to do our last story for the night, and we're going to be off of here.
Donald Trump's proposal to temporarily ban Muslims entering the U.S. and the attack in San Bernardino have many of America's five million Muslims defending their faith. We sat down with five Muslim millennials, all born and raised right here in the United States. College student R.J. Califf, Army Lieutenant Sean Khan, nursing student Samia Omarkiel, college student Takwa Brookins, and journalist Noor Tagori. Donald Trump's rhetoric didn't even hit me hard until last week. I had my absolute best childhood friend, best childhood friend. Since I was six years old, she lived across the street. I saw her mother as a mother, and they're white Christians, and her mom on Facebook posted this super hateful post about Muslims. And I saw this post and I just broke down in tears. Like I, it was so hard for me to see. And I wrote her this long letter, like, you know us. Like, we're, my mom, like, you knew, you guys know each other. I just went to your wedding last year. Like, I'm, we're the Muslim family that you know and you know we're not like that. What do you think people misunderstand about the values of Islam? I think they believe too much that the religion places an emphasis on violence. The Quran was written in Arabic, which is a deeply metaphorical language where one word has hundreds of meanings. So if you want to define it in a violent sense, you're going to be able to define it in a violent sense the same way if you want to define it in a peaceful sense, which a billion and a half people do, you're going to be able to do so. But there are no verses in the Quran that allow killing of innocent people no, under any circumstances. Terrorism, in your view, Terrorism. is outlawed it's by outlawed. the It's outlawed. It's the last thing anyone, any Muslim should be doing. When you hear of an attack like the one in Paris, like the one in San Bernardino, and you have to get up and go to work or go to school the next day, what's going through your mind? I remember after the attacks had happened, um, I, was, I was terrified because I knew that um, we would get the backlash for what had happened to all those innocent people. Have any of you been confronted by somebody on the street? Anybody have words with you? Yeah. It was a Monday after uh, the Paris attacks had happened and I went to school. I was walking and a man that was leaning against a parking meter, I was walking past him and he stuck out his, his leg and he tripped me right in front of, you know, everybody and he, he, I fell onto the floor and then he threw down his cigarette and he, he started screaming in my ear, like on the right side, he was just like, go back to where you came from. And he I, didn't mean Long Island. No. <laughs> that's what I thought he meant, you know, that's where I'm from. And I, I've never felt hate like that before, so it was the first time for me. Lieutenant, when you decided to join the Army, was there a lot of conversation in the family about that? Everyone that wasn't in the military was like, you know, are you going to go and kill your own people? This is crazy, what are you doing? That's when I did my own research and I found out there's plenty of Muslims serving in the military. There's religious tolerance, there's respect. I wonder how it strikes your ear when you hear ISIS in particular claiming that it's doing everything that it's doing in the name of all Muslims. I don't understand how logically does it make sense to say that you know, ISIS represents all Muslims and is fighting for all Muslims when they're, they're killing the very people who they claim that they represent. There's nothing Islamic about ISIS. Islam, it comes from the root word salam, sin, lam, mim, the three Arabic letters. That literally translates to peace. ISIS goes against the very tenets of it. To see more of this eye-opening discussion, go to cbsnews.com. You can also find us, of course, on Facebook. All right, we're back. Um, 
I just wanted to play that clip because I think um, I think it's a message that definitely needs to be heard, and um, it's really sad that uh, that you know we have a group of people that just want to live their lives like everyone else, and that believe um, in religion that is you know like they like they said that represents peace and that re- represents uh, uh, community and, and value but they're being wrongly judged by militant people and I said you know you know we can even look at uh, people that that claim to be Christian like you don't they don't want to be judged by radical extremists in this country that have been known to commit acts of terror so you know I think that you know that that's important for us to realize that like in any group there's gonna be extremists. They're gonna be people that negatively represent that group. And I think that um it's it's unfortunate because like the young lady said um in that clip, you know, they're gonna you know, they're gonna be the ones that receive the backlash. And then you you're dealing with a lot of people that are um very ignorant and they're not very informed and they're going to take what they see um you know especially when you're dealing with people uh like a lot of politicians like Donald Trump that they have the power to educate people but instead they want to feed on mass hysteria of people um i i, I think it's, it's it's sad that they have to face that backlash you know so I don't know what I mean. How do you feel about that, Michael? I mean, do you think that messages like these are important for people to hear? Like, because a lot of times we don't get to hear uh, from everyday people, you know, expressing those concerns. Right, that'd be something that I'd like to see them. Uh, I think that video and that type of stuff would be something very good to start showing kids in school. Like I said, you know, and that's the only way we're going to combat issues like this is through education and through uh, people sharing their stories. Because I don't think, um, especially in the media, the media has a a a, a very strong uh, impact on how we we view the world. And I think that it's it's very necessary for us to start putting these positive images out here because. Um, a lot of people, that's their only way to even know the world around them, you know, especially like you're dealing with people that don't have, um, they don't have, I don't want to say access, but they don't have a lot of interaction with a lot of different cultures. Uh, they'll see right. negative images in like, you know, in, um, of these groups of people in the media, and that's the only thing they have to go off of. But I think, you know, by by them doing interviews like this and kind of putting the truth out there, I think that's going to help out a lot. Yeah, it would. But, I think it'd go a long way, and especially, you know, it, if you look back over the course of the history of the United States, you can see where during World War II we put Japanese Americans in intern camps here in the United States. So, mm-hmm. It just seems, and of course, it doesn't take a genius to think of what the uh, racial climate was like for Japanese Americans, again, who had been born and raised here. You know, 
I think, you know, it's sad that history repeats itself, but it's also uh, worthy to note that maybe if we would bother to go an extra mile and start educating now, maybe we could avoid some Yeah. And I, I really think that that's very much needed, especially with the new generation of, um, of, of young people coming up. I think that, you know, education is, the uh, key of kind of like annihilating some of these negative uh, ideologies that have been uh, passed down from generation, not generation to generation. I think education is the key. So um, I commend CBS for doing this interview because a lot of people, they do, they tend to link ISIS and a lot of these uh, extreme terrorists to uh, Muslims in general, and I think that that's an unfair uh, portrayal of them. So I I really commend them, and I think more networks need to follow suit. Um, and then also I I, I urge people uh, to do it themselves. I, I I wouldn't wait on the network to do that for me. You can put your own story out there. Um, you can you can engage dialogue. You you can you know. Um, you sometimes you have to get up and do things yourself. Like you know, even with this network, you know, you have to sometimes put out um, your own message. You have to put out your, you know, you can't wait for someone else to tell your story. You have to tell your story yourself sometimes. So, um, and I think with social media today, a lot of outlets like YouTube, even Blog Talk Radio, I think that gives us an opportunity um, to do that. And I'm I'm really glad that um, there are a lot of uh, outlets that we have more access to that we didn't have a- access to in the past. You know, you we didn't have you know back in the day you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have uh, networks like these. You know, so pretty much people the only uh, frame of reference that they had was what the media, mainstream media gave them. But now people can, you know, educate themselves and um, share their stories with the world, and we can get to know people for who they are and not what society or the mainstream culture tries to, you know, uh, force down our throats. So I think that's a, I think it's a very good thing. But I wanted to jump to our last story tonight. Um, you know, with the Christmas holidays, you know, we should focus more on other people than ourselves. And I think that this is a season of giving. I think this is a season of caring and sharing. And um, I think this last story kind of puts that in perspective. Um, there was a young boy, um, a 15-year-old high school football player, um, model student, you know, uh, very respected in his high school. Um, He he was a young man that gave his life to protect um, three of his classmates that were in the line of fire, and he shielded them from getting shot. And I really feel that that was a courageous act, and I really feel that a lot of, you know, a lot of kids these days, man, 
or just, I don't even just say kids. I just think a lot of people today, man, I don't know too many people that would actually do that for anyone. You know, everybody's so so much out for themselves these days, man. If anything, you have some low life that people that would throw a person in the, in the way of, you know, gunshots to protect themselves. So I, I really think that this next story is going to really uh, be touching, and I think it really drives home the true meaning of the holidays and um, just just um, the positive side of humanity in general. So we're going to go to this clip, and when we come back, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to wrap up our show. Now to a tragedy in Tennessee making headlines this evening. A 15-year-old, a popular high school football player, risking his life to protect three young girls as gunshots rang out. He did not survive. In the emotional moment you're about to see, the police chief fighting back tears. Here's ABC's Ron Claiborne. Police say a group of teenagers had gathered on the front porch of this house when several gunmen approached. Male on the front porch, possible been shot. The police chief becoming emotional, describing how one of them dove to protect three friends. Zavion Dobson, a 15-year-old Fulton High School student and football player, was struck and killed after he had jumped on top of three girls to shield them. At one point, the chief struggling to keep going. <clears throat> Sorry. To shield them. From the shooters. Those others were not hit by the gunfire. Tonight, the Fulton High School team putting out this photo honoring their fallen teammate. This was a fine, fine young man who uh, is a success story. One of the alleged gunmen was shot and later died. Authorities say the string of three shootings overnight in Knoxville were apparently gang-related, leaving one young man with a bright future dead. David killed trying to protect three friends. hit by the gunfire tonight the Fulton High School team putting out this photo honoring their fallen teammate this was a fine fine young man who uh, is a success story one of the alleged gunmen was shot and laid now to a tragedy in Tennessee making headlines this evening a 15 year old a popular high school football player risking his life to protect three young girls as gunshots rang out he did not survive. In the emotional moment you're about to see, the coming emotional, describing how one of them dove to protect three friends. Zavion Dobson, a 15-year-old Fulton. All right, uh, we're back. Um, I just wanted to share that story. I've I seen that in the news, and I just really thought that was tragic, you know. Um, and just, and it's just, what's even more tragic is that you know, that they even have to live in an environment where, where that, something like that would even have, that even uh, occurs. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I guess I was uh, looking at some more articles and, and researching this, and I guess, I don't know the, the full details of it, but I think it was gang-related, but he didn't have anything to do with it. He was just there uh at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I guess he didn't want um, his friends to be um, in the line of fire. So he, he did what he had to do to protect them from getting hurt themselves. And I just really, I really just, I really feel bad that, you know, 
they would even have to to live in an environment where that that was even something that could even jump off or even happen. You know, I I just feel sad anytime that young people have to grow up in that type of um, I don't know. It's 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 just really tragic, you know. Uh, just the stuff that's going on in our in our world in our nation. Just everybody's just so violent. Everybody's just so heartless. Everybody's so cruel. And even in the midst of something that was devastating like that, some good came out of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I really commend that young man. You know, you know. For doing that, and you know, I would definitely be proud of him. And I think his mother came out and she said she was very honored for uh, of her son doing something so courageous. And you know, and she was just proud of her son. And like they said, he was a model student. You know, a lot of people respected him. Um, he was a really good kid. He had a lot of you know uh, promise. Uh, he had a promising future, and it's really sad that his life was even cut short you know what I'm saying and I, I just really pray that um, the people that survived that shooting I hope they, they go on to make something out of themselves you know uh, and, 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 and uh, pretty much you know carry on that young man's legacy so I don't know I mean I didn't know how do, how do you feel about that story Another one of those stories, kind of our of our unsung heroes that wish more people could hear about it and really learn from it. Yeah, and that's and that's just what the holiday season is about. Um, not you know, not necessarily you know giving your life for someone else, but just thinking about other people. It's not always about you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's about uh, you being the best person that you could be. And helping out someone along the way, you know, help making someone else's life better, help making someone else's distance better. It's not always about uh, about me, 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 but it's also about just giving back. You know what I'm saying? Who wants to go through life and you know, really? And I think that's a, the problem with a lot of people when they 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 can't look back on their lives and say, "Hey, I did this. You know, I, I was able to make a difference." by doing this or that, you know, you know, and it's sad that people live their lives and they can't say like anything about what they've done to help make the world better. And, and, you know, and I don't want to live like that. I want to look back and be like, well, you know, I did something to make a difference. You know, I think a lot of people just exist. I don't think a lot of people, um, I don't want to say people, I hate saying that some people just, their lives are just a huge waste. And I hate saying that, but it, it, it is. Like, you know, yeah, I, taking I, I agree with you. The cold, hard truth about it is that sometimes, yeah, that's just it. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to bring that story up and I um, just want to throw some type of holiday program together. I was going to just not do it this year because it's just been so much going on, man. I've just been busy with work, but I just wanted to get on and record this and uh, people can always go back and listen to these shows on demand. I don't think a lot of people know that. You can always go back and listen to these shows. You can download them. 
Um, and they're also available on iTunes. So um, definitely feel free to go back and listen. Uh, if there's something that we've talked about that could help you out along the way, uh, definitely um, just just listen to these shows and take to heart some of the things that we say. Um, and, you know, I know we have a lot of, you know, uh, joke around a lot and, you know, you know, we do a lot of stuff on the show, but at the end of the day, it's about helping you improve. And I think in 2016, we're going to do more self improvement type of shows. Um, we're going to have more guests on that can help you, um, with different aspects of life, um, whether it's dealing with health, um, economic, uh, improvement, just anything that we can do. Um, we, I got some interviews that I'm trying to get lined up now that I think is going to be very inspirational. So I, I you know, we'll just, we're just going to kick it up a notch in 2016, you know. Um, we probably won't be back until um, mid-January, probably the second second week of mid-January, you know, yeah, January, but we're going to probably take a couple weeks off, um, and then we're just going to jump right back in with the new year, and we're just going to continue with this with this ride, you know, and, and see where where it takes us. So, um, I don't know if you had anything else to say, Michael. I know you just got off work, so I know you're tired. And I'm gonna jump off here because I'm tired. I know I've had a long day, so. I know. Just wanted to say that you know, after tonight, we're looking at Christmas just here in a couple of days. So, I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and. Everybody, best of luck in the new year. All right, and I think that's a perfect note to end on. Once again, this is the Urban Wire brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine light on issues impacting the urban community. Good night, and see you in 2016.